Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mr. Johnny Venom going to join us for this hour. We have many, many, many. Dis- <laughs> hey, Johnny. <laughs> oh, I, I, I was just waiting for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, my apologies. No, no. I was, I, was, I was going to say something and thought the better of it. How are you? I'm actually doing pretty good today. How are you, sir? I have no complaints today. All is well. I, I everything is uh, is how it should be, more or less. I mean, you know, it's good. the world outside my window is not necessarily one of peace and tranquility, but in my own house and yard, all is well, sir. Good, good. Happy to hear that. Thank you. Um, question, yes, Mr. Venom. Yes, sir. The Michigas and insanity that took place in Virginia over the weekend seems to have semi-allayed, by driving it off the front page, that is, fears of a nuclear war with Kim Jong-un. You'd say that that one sort of fell off the radar for a few days, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. I, I'm, I'm surprised. But then again, I, I mean, really, was he really going to launch those missiles this weekend? Come on. No. <laughs> um it is interesting. I did a podcast with Mo Kelly, and we were talking about the issue of North Korea. And I said, you know, even though I never went to West Point or Annapolis or Military Academy of any kind, I do know enough about military strategy to know that if there were going to be any kind of military ratcheting up, the military itself would be ratcheting up. I mean, we have 25,000 troops on the, on the DMZ. Not 125,000 and not 100,000 headed to make it 125,000. So you got to figure that this is just a, a pair of big mouths jabbering at each other from across the Pacific Ocean. True? Well, yeah, and the tip-off was over the week that the Marines and, and the Air Force announced that they're grounding hundreds of planes and stuff for maintenance. Now, I mean, if right. this really was DEFCON 3... I mean, they wouldn't have made such a pronouncement. No, they would be sending in aircraft carriers right off the coast of North Korea. I mean, I think that what is what's happening on the Korean Peninsula really is that Kelly and Mattis and McMaster are essentially telling the military, listen to what we tell you, let Trump say whatever he wants, but don't pay any attention to it. Ultimately, we will take care of this, and we are going to try to find out a way to get back-channel information or or start up communication with Kim Jong-un to figure out a way to dial this thing down and for them to cool it, and we'll cool it, and we'll figure out what we have to do in the middle because a nuclear war would be unthinkable. Well, also, here's something to consider. Right. And you're absolutely right. That's what they're doing. In fact, the entire government is doing that, not just with military and foreign affairs. But right. If you know it, even right down to the EPA and the agriculture and all the other. Right. Ones, they're like, yeah, whatever he says, whatever. 
But here's something to take into consideration, because this whole thing started with the Department of, or the Defense Information or Intelligence Agency, right, and all this stuff. Right, claiming that uh, there was an acceleration right. in North Korea's nuclear right. program. Right, and in this time, you know, the South Koreans and the Japanese think, yeah, it's possible before they denied it. But here's the one thing uh, that's curious. If you looked at every stage of development of North Korea's weapons, right, they announce it. Sure. They announced they got an ICBM. They originally announced they had an atomic program. Yeah, they have. We we have miniaturized our warheads. They do exist, and yes, we can hit. No, they never announced that. They never did. No. No. I, I had to do a. I was curious. I had to do a double take. They never officially announced. Okay. That they, they could miniaturize a nuke. Okay, so this is the Washington Post report that came out that claimed that this was pending is not so. But again, I have not let I looked back because they got an official website where all this stuff is announced. Right. And they, they have never announced that they managed to make a nuke. They managed, they, they announced they have an ICBM. Right. They, they, you know, but they never announced that they managed to miniaturize a nuclear, an atomic bomb into a warhead. Right. I mean, they do have atomic weapons, correct? They do. Okay. They did. No, no. Let's let's let's, let's parse the facts here. They have nuclear weapons. Right. But it's like the fat man and little boy. Right. Or it's something much smaller. But they have, you know, to put it in a nuclear warhead, you need to make something the size of something larger, like a grapefruit. Right. Okay. And and they don't ha they don't have the technological capability of that. They, they were... have never announced it. They may right. have it. And they may, look at for all intents and purposes, they may actually have this miniaturization down, but they, this may be the one thing where they don't shut up about it, don't say nothing. Well, uh, what I don't understand is, is that if you do have this sort of weaponry, you do want the world to know you've exactly. got it so, so that it the rest of the world stops messing with it. Exactly. You. So, I mean, it sort of flies in the face. Why won't they announce it? Like they've announced every other stage. Now, I could have missed something. Right. But Honestly, I think they would have they would have shown it. I would. I mean, it'd be something easily found. Hey, look, we got a warhead with a nuke on it. They don't announce it. Just that we got the ICBM. And we got the ICBM that won't break up in the atmosphere. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know, basically a Trabant, the missile equivalent of a Trabant with a rocket strapped to it. <laughs> yes. However, uh, people in Southern California, Mr. Venom, are taking this escalation in rhetoric and bellicosity seriously. And according to the Pasadena Star News, survival stores are doing uh, land office business here. Oh, boy. You're aware of this, yeah, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got the same. I got a cousin whose neighbor bought those rations you mentioned to me in an article. Actually, right, the MREs. Yeah, yeah, the, the MREs meals ready to eat. Yeah. tablets. Right. And, you know. But... <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. If you're living in an apartment building, okay, you got 32 minutes from the launch right. for them to hit you. Unless you've got a shelter with this stuff in it, right. not in your apartment right. building, <laughs> then it's all for nothing. Also, because um, if you're wondering where we got this, Pasadena Star News are talking about a store owner named Jeff Daquila, not Tequila, Daquila, who has a store in San Pedro. And uh, he says that all the water supplies and, and meals ready to eat, these freeze-dried foods that most of us take on camping trips, are uh, just getting snatched up by everybody. Not because of an earthquake, but because uh, Kim Jong-un and uh, Donald Trump are having a, uh, 
Yeah, my, my, mine's, mine's, mine's bigger than yours, contest. Yeah, no, it, it's completely stupid. It is ridiculous. Okay. But regarding this, this, this thing in particular, look. But may, may, I, it, may I interject, though, yes, sir, sir, for one moment? Yes, sir. You've been in Los Angeles before, haven't you? I, I partially grew up in Los Angeles. Okay. And where'd you grow up? Well, I hung out near Burbank. Okay. You lived that was in, because we had relatives in the area. You lived in the San Fernando Valley. Well, basically for a couple summers, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. You have an ICBM that is fired from somewhere in North Korea, mm-hmm. aimed at the largest city on America's West Coast. That would be Los Angeles, California. Correct? That would be it, yeah. Yeah. So you would say that Ground Zero, more likely than not, would be downtown Los Angeles. Not necessarily. All right. Or it would be... Here's the reason why. We know one thing for certain. Okay. Okay. They're using Soviet-made, Soviet-era guidance systems. Okay. On these things. And they haven't really figured out. Soviet, not Russian. Soviet. No, Soviet. We're talking. From the 1980s. USSR. Yeah, okay. Okay. And by Soviet era, mm-hmm. we are really talking 1950s or, or 60s technology. Nothing came after Brezhnev. This, the South Koreans have, they said that we know for certain we got some info. And how we know this is because all the missiles they've launched fell apart. Right. They just, okay. They crap I, I out. mean, theoretically speaking, they could launch those missiles from wherever they launch it in North Korea. Right. And there is no promise or guarantee they will even head towards the west coast of the U.S. And, and as, as they go into the atmosphere, they could disintegrate. They could land in China. <laughs> so in other words, they aim them east and they go west. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is very possible. But let's assume that they got that right. Oh, bless the commies. They can't make anything that works. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, as always, the, the Eastern Bloc, you know, for every cool rock and roll band, you had Gorky Park. But anyway... <laughs> Now, here's the thing. I don't even know what that meant. Well, I just say they always have the crappy knockoff. Okay. The, okay, the thing is this. Let's assume he launches it. Right. Let's assume it works. Yeah. All right? That means really it's not just downtown L.A. It could literally land in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Or not Huntington Beach. I'm sorry. Okay. It, it could land in LAX. Or it, it could and land in Huntington, West Virginia. No, or, no, well, no, 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 no. Uh, it's not going to go. Actually, yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it could have hunting it. But the thing is, it could it could literally land in some former porn studio in the valley. Okay? <laughs> it, it could land in, it, it could actually even hit Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, right. the thing is so wild. The thing is, even if it were hit L.A. Yeah. All right? What if it's no de- guarantee it'll blow up. It won't, may not detonate. Yeah. Well, it may not, and even if it detonates, it could detonate prematurely. Or, you know, it could it, it literally, one of these missiles they launched, the warhead fell off the rocket. <laughs> you know, the, what's fascinating about the idea of that, though, is a 
ICBM hits California. The warhead has dropped off in the Pacific somewhere, didn't ignite. It just right. didn't happen, okay, and it right. lands. And there's evidence that they fired on us. Um, I have a question for you, John, about how long does the Republic of North Korea last after that? The DPRK, if we launch from the U.S., has 32 minutes to exist. <laughs> but we, are, um, we, but are, we aren't going to launch nukes. No, no, no. First off, it is. Number one, the Chinese have already said, if you start, you're on your own. We want nothing to do That's right. But if the Americans okay. start, we're with right. you. Which yeah. this is why, as you mentioned, right. we're doing the best. The last thing we want is for us to start the war. We don't want And we don't want them to start one either. And there are Nobody a variety of reasons. Go, we no. don't want the balloon to go up at all. But if, God forbid, this happens, right. because here's the, here's the worry. It's that North Korea, unlike Russia, unlike China, Unlike any, even Pakistan, the North Koreans are not sophisticated enough to maintain a nuclear posture. What does that mean, maintain Basically, a posture? Basically, maintaining maintenance of the weapons and being able to have them ready to go but not accidentally launch. <laughs> okay? Right. There is no red telephone. There is no, you know, oops, you know, this accident. I mean, really, they could accidentally launch one of these things. They could. And but, that's the worry. But but also, if it our satellites will pick up the fact that they did launch. Okay. Oh no doubt, yeah. NORAD will have it on hand, and I guarantee you, we're going to make sure that the world knows they shot first. Right. Okay. And what's going to happen is we're not going to launch from the U.S. a 32-minute nonsense. No. What would happen is. Number one, we may not even launch a nuke. From what we're learning no. is they're going to use the B-1 bombers to take out the launch facility. Because now we're going to know where they launch from. Right. We're going to just take out the launch facilities. Right. Okay. And then they open fire on Seoul. And, and well, that's the problem. No matter how this turns out, unfortunately, so, but the thing is, is, if they start opening fire on Seoul, we'll also know then where their artillery range is at. We, we, but we do know where they are. They're, right, they're perched right on the, the cusp of the, the northern part of the 38th parallel, the DMZ. Uh, sadly, you know, no matter how this turns out, if it becomes an open warfare. It's a snafu. It, it, yeah, and, and this is what everybody's trying to avoid. I don't know if, I mean, really, let me ask you this. Do you really believe they would give up the nukes? What, North Korea? Yeah. No. Um, they might be negotiated out of them for a phenomenal price because ultimately that's really what they want. I mean, I, when I have, when I talk to some of my more belligerent friends and they say, we got to go get blah, 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 we got to go get them, we got to destroy them, we got to do this, we got to do that. And I just say to them, do you understand that if the People's Republic of China and Vladimir Putin say, no more money, no more fuel, no more food? North Korea lasts less than two months. They don't make anything. They don't export anything. They don't have any cash. They don't create anything. They are completely at the mercy of the People's Republic of China allowing trade. They are their only neighbor that they actually have a relationship with. And if the People's Republic say, nope, no more food or fuel is crossing the, the, uh, the river here, that's it. Then they're done. Their people starve. Their military simply says, well, uh, we don't have any food and we don't have any money and uh, we're, we're not doing anything anymore. And yeah. how soon do you think a general gets a phone call 
from Beijing and says, take him out. Take him out. Get rid of him. Yeah. Let's let's try to figure out how to make this work. Yeah. Johnny, can you hang on through Absolutely, the break? Absolutely, sir. Very good. When we come back, we'll talk more about this nuclear survival stuff. 720 at the Patriot. Wendell, stay tuned. Ah, tinkle those ivories. Just don't tinkle on those ivories. Johnny Wendell here at the Patriot, KEIBAM 1150, Southern California Live with me and with our friend Johnny Venom. We're discussing a run at survival stores at Southern California locations fearing a nuclear attack from the crazy Kim Jong-un. Johnny, uh, yes, sir. we were talking, I wasn't able to get to the... Uh, the crux of the matter here. You were mentioning that if someone lived in an apartment somewhere, right? Right. And uh, you got 32 minutes, you know, word flashes out everywhere. He's launched, you know, head for the hills. You're talking about a city, a county of 10 million people with only so many routes out of town. Okay, you're talking about the biggest traffic jam in Los Angeles history that would start in about 10 minutes. Right. And people wanting to get out of town with 20 minutes to go. The last place you want to be is in your car. Because? Because, number one, the way that we built cars, they're not going to be insulated for radiation. Oh, that's not good. Not to mention the damage. Right. All right. Um, whatever, however, if you're near the well, if you're near the fireball, forget it. Right. But you know, obviously, you're <laughs> somewhat distant into the survival ring. They call it. Um, then really, you have to seek shelter immediately because of the immediate fallout. Right. Now, if you you know you're gonna want to go to your basement or most of the schools. So this is the one thing about the LA Unified School District. I'll give them credit for. Yeah. Is a lot of those schools were built in the '60s. <laughs> so they got fallout they shelters. They got fallout shelters, and there's one in every neighborhood. So, so me and my wife will be incinerated, but uh, my children will be okay. So, well, you, those all those should be open to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. And uh, how long does fallout after a nuclear warhead detonates? How long does that last? Well, it depends on the type, but really in this situation, mm -hmm. um, the worst of it actually ends in the first 24 hours. Okay. 24, 48 hours after that. You're obviously going to have some lingering radioactivity, but it, it starts to die. I mean, remember, he's got the bombs capable of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. Okay, and look at those cities today. Yeah, they exist. Okay, so, I mean, it is, it, it's recoverable. <laughs> okay, now, the question is this, though, getting back to the, the matter at hand. You run a survival shop. You sell iodine. You sell, uh, you know, by, by the way, I'm going to live longer than anybody because I don't know if you know this or not, but you want to know what prevents radiation sickness? What? Red pepper. And really? your friend, your friend, Mr. Wendell, has been pounding red pepper for over 40 years in massive amounts. You could drop a nuke right outside our window. As long as we outlasted the blast, I'd be fine. You're going to be Charlton Heston character in the Omega Man. That being said, good, by the way, good <laughs> reference. That being said, sir, and we only have about a minute left in this yes, segment. Sir. That being yes. said, the idea that a survival shop tells you that you will be able to live, survive the first blast if this thing lands in downtown L.A., it is going to take out many, 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 many square miles, period. True? Well, the bombs that they have will take out at least four. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Five square miles. All right. All right that's... So you, you kids kiss pretty much most of downtown goodbye. Yeah, and uh, in Echo Park and Silver Lake and right. Los Feliz. Okay. remember, you're talking with, for the first few minutes, heat in excess of 10,000 degrees. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but saying that if, again... Mm-hmm. If you're in an apartment, right, and all your survival stuff is upstairs, forget about it, it. Yeah, it took you half an hour. Yeah, to get off. No, just just no. run, just run as fast just as you can. Just head in your basement, and you know, hopefully the building don't collapse on you. Yeah, just wait for the best. Southern California Live with Wendell, Johnny, and I will be back. Southern California Live with Wendell at 7:36 p.m. in Los Angeles, California. Join for the next two segments by. By and with Mr. Johnny Venom, a philosopher and trader in Chicago, Illinois, a man who is rarely at a loss for words or a caustic, clever quip or bromide. Sir, uh, I have a question for you. Do you believe that at this point in time, the average American taxpayer has kind of woken up to the scam of having stadiums built on the taxpayer dollar, that we realize that all the rigmarole and nonsense and and BS reasons they give us why these are good ideas, that people realize, nah, it's just a way for somebody to pass the bill on to taxpayers that should be paying for it themselves. Isn't that true? I think for the most part in many places, yes. But if you have a well-entrenched sports team, you know, I think that they may know that. Right. But they may just say, well, I still want the team here. That says maybe, Mr. Venom. But I have a question for you, all the same. If you take that philosophy and you multiply it by 100, the idea that the public is on the hook for what should be a privately funded, uh, profitable venture, that people are going to get a little bit upset. What I'm referring to specifically is that Los Angeles landed the 2012 Olympics. Okay. You know, they negotiated, the city of Los Angeles negotiated privately with the IOC last month. And, uh, of course, they haven't had any public community gatherings to discuss 2028. And they'd like us to believe that this is entirely different than the bid in 2024 that we lost to Paris. Okay, so... They're trying to rebrand the 2028 as a victory. It's not a victory. The IOC is trying to award two Summer Olympics simultaneously out of fear that the Olympic brand is destroyed and there won't be any multiple cities vying for it 11 years from now. Seriously embarrassing. Of course, 
our imbecile of a mayor and his uh, generally corrupt city council don't think it's necessary to vet the contract and have too many public hearings on this, making this, as I said, the equivalent of building a new stadium, which they're probably going to have to build to house the Olympics anyway, times 100. Do you think that the citizens of Los Angeles and Los Angeles County, Johnny, are going to say, you know what? Homelessness is up 23%. This is the most expensive city in America, with the exception of New York, to live in. The highest percentage of personal income that goes to rent or mortgage is here. Those are pressing problems. We don't care about the Olympics. Is that likely to happen, Mr. Venom? Well, if I were a Los Angelino, mm-hmm. I would be very upset over this. And as mm-hmm. for the re- look at LA, has no business having the Olympics for the very reasons you just stated. And to say that the economy in eight years is going to be the same as it is now, so you're going to use the same numbers is ludicrous. Right. I mean, look at it this way: from if you were in the year 2000. And you made that projection. Let me ask you. The economy in 08 versus 2000 were radically different. Uh, To say the least. Right. So are you (laughs) going to tell me in eight years that we're not going to have a recession, a potential major great recession? Right. Who knows what else, especially given the environment we're in now? Correct. Secondly, as you mentioned, the housing situation is terrible. Your city is barely budgeting. For the homeless. Correct. You had to issue a special bond for that. Correct. Yet you're going to come up with what will be millions and billions of dollars to house a bunch of athletes. Right. Temporarily. Correct. For an event where the city won't make as much money. I mean, you know, people are thinking L.A., for the Olympics for L.A. now is akin to L.A. for, what, the 84 Olympics? Yeah, we the 84 Olympics. You know, but the, the two radically different environments. Radically different situations. Right. Okay. And so I would definitely oppose it. In fact, if I were, I I would run against Garcetti. Uh, I'd vote for you. (laughs) I mean, not me personally, but I'm just saying. I know what you mean. Here's, here's, Here's a question for you. The International Olympic Committee has actually set an ultimatum for the city of Los Angeles, sir. The deadline is September 13th, and mind you, we're talking about the 2028 Olympics, which would be about 11 years away. L.A. is going along. The city council has claimed they're not willing to host the Olympics at any cost, but in reality, they are. In endorsing these Olympics, Garcetti keeps claiming that sports will combat poverty. Oh, but but it, but it won't. It won't fix homelessness, <laughs> won't fix health care, won't fix density, won't fix traffic, won't fix the prison system. Johnny, can I, forgive me for interrupting yeah. you. Yeah, no, nothing. And one more thing, which people what? seem to forget about. Now, what happened in L.A. in 1984? Gigantic rise in anti-terrorism, which was the militarization of the Los Angeles Police Department, which every time that happens, people in the city go nuts. Right. And let's be honest here. Yeah. The situation with the police and minority groups since then has not been exactly a positive one. No, it hasn't even been positive with, with non-minority groups. Right. And, you and know. of course, you add in effect the consolidation of federal policing. Right. That you're going to be dealing with elements like ICE, 
who, you know, they say they're not going to enforce this stuff, but right. really, there's no promise there, especially eight years from now or even four years from now. Right. Um, I, I would also add this. Nobody else is bidding on this. Correct. I mean, ask yourself, <laughs> from a business standpoint, you want to buy a business or go into a business deal. Right. Right, you see this asset, this opportunity, but nobody else wants it. Nobody wants it. Why would you agree on the terms of the seller? No, you wouldn't. I mean, I'm sorry. There's no bidding war for the 2028 Olympics. The Olympics are up Craps Creek, okay? People believe that the Olympics are a tarnished brand, all right? Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And you are essentially saying, okay, we understand that you screwed us for 2024, but... Hey, 2028 sounds okay, you know. Now the now the IOC is psyched. They're looking at we got a site in 2020, we got a site in 2024, and we'll know on the 13th of September if we got three in a row. All right. The IOC, after the massive scandals that they've endured, they are in no position to tell anybody bupkis. Okay. Exactly. We are in the catbird seat. We can make the deal here. We can say, well, you know, we really don't believe that the uh, taxpayers of the city of L.A. or the county or the state of California should be on the hook for this. In fact, we think that you guys should up your percentage that you're going to take from private investors. Oh, you, and, we, and we want a larger cut of television revenues. Well, I would also pose this. Yeah. The last time this such situation or a similar situation occurred right. was in 1960-something with Quebec. Okay. That was, Quebec the, that, that, was that the Winter Olympics? I, winter, I believe, Winter Olympics. Oh. Might have been Montreal or Quebec City. I forget. Okay. Well, anyways, it took them 38 years to pay it off. <laughs> so we get nothing out of this but debt. Exactly. Okay. So the question is this. What what should, theoretically, Angelinos do to tell Garcetti to get stuffed? I, I, I would protest. I would mandate. I don't know. You you know, your alderman or counselor or whatever you call them. Down we there. don't have aldermen here. We have okay, city council. demand that the city council reject the deal. Right. We don't want this. I mean, I mean okay. dude, when, once again, for the one trillionth time on this show, it has to be reiterated constantly. It'll be reiterated constantly. We are short 550,000 housing units in Los Angeles. Yes. That's over a half a million. And, that, and that, you, that, bill, that billion dollar bond, the billion and a half dollar, billion point two dollar bond that we passed, that's not going to cover all of this. And, you know, the promised. A quarter of a billion dollars from the federales. Right. You're going to tell me that's not eventually going to come with strings now? Nope. Can't, Again, can't promise that. L.A. does not have any business hosting anything at this point that requires extra construction if they can't handle taking care of their own people. No, we can't. We have. We. This is something we do not need. For one thing, if it's 11 years in the future... It does something that no political entity wants to have happen, and that is the looming situation. If you know something is barreling down the pike at you, but it's a long way off, it means that you can't marshal a lot of support for it, especially in the city council, especially among voters. The only one who's really, really excited about this is Garcetti. Nobody, no one in Los Angeles is excited about this. All they can see is massive traffic jams, massive debt, massive police presence. How, how does it help them become governor if you want to? 
I don't I don't know what he's thinking. You know, this is actually fodder or material for his opponent at this I'm, point. I'm, well, look, he's not running for governor next year. You can forget that. Okay, his approval rating is not particularly high in L.A. I mean, you know, people are surprised. Villaraigosa is running a pretty close second to Newsom by a point or two behind him in polls. And one of the reasons is is because people have forgotten what a crap mayor he was. <laughs> he's terrible, right? Yeah. But you know something? As terrible as he was, he's, you know, he's beginning to look like Tom Bradley at his peak Compared okay. to Garcetti, it's like Gar- Garcetti is is simply not paying attention to what the people of Los Angeles want. We don't want this, you know. Exactly. We're not yeah. interested. It's like if Garcetti said, you know, I have this idea. Let's have a 140-story Garcetti Towers in downtown in Los in downtown Los Angeles. That'll be my legacy. The biggest building in the world, the biggest building in America. Let's do it. And people would go like, you're a freaking egomaniacal wait imbecile. Wait, 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 there actually is an opportunity Oh, here. there we go. Why, did, why well, did I have to have a flight of fancy with you on the line? Here we go. Oh, uh, here we go. Here's the grand bargain I would make with them. Here we go. Mm-hmm. You want the Olympics. Mm-hmm. All that housing you're going to build for these athletes. Dude, do you know how short we're going to be in 2028 of units? If, if, if you built 4,000 units to house athletes... Uh, okay. You didn't let me finish. It wouldn't make it. it it's nothing. It's no, nothing. It's not a I drop of you-know-what you notion. Go ahead. I was going to say you have to have that as a first phase for a public housing scheme for Los Angelinos. Okay. You think? You know, but that starts I, in 2028. No, we no, needs it now. Start building them now. Starts building it now. Okay. That's so, the, so, so, so in other words, we make a deal. We say, Eric, you want your... Olympics the way that Villaraigosa wanted is trained to the ocean. Now, I, I, by the way, this is something no talk radio host ever does. I'm going to do it right now. Johnny, you ready? Yes, sir. I was wrong. I believe that Mayor Antonio Legacy Villaraigosa and his train to the beach was going to be a disaster. That thing is one of the most popular trains in America, is making money, and they are adding cars to it all the time because it is jammed. People love the train to Santa Monica. Is that they, the one with the commercial they add with the girl from, uh, oh, uh, what's that 60s show? She, uh... From that '60s show, what's yeah? That? No, they what did are you promoting about? that thing. Okay, that I don't know. I know nothing about this. All I know is that it's massively popular, and Phil is yeah. giving us the kill sign. All fact right, of fact right. of the matter is, is is this. All right, some public works projects do turn out okay eventually, but the Olympics loom, and you got to use that word over and over again. Eleven years from now, this is a bad idea, a bad investment. I think you should be killed. Music maestro, sir, if you have any. Shake a boom, indeed. So Southern California Live, 7.50. Stay tuned. Southern California Live with Wendell at 7.55 with Johnny Venom joining us. Sir, nice to have you back on board here. Thank you, sir. We've been talking about... uh, Six reasons to worry about the 2028 Olympics. It was an op-ed in the L.A. Times a few days ago. Um, There's probably a zillion reasons not to have the Olympics here. But the main one is, where's you going to put it in 11 years if you need to come up with new land for new facilities which are not going to exist? Seriously. They're not going to exist, man. You know? You have no idea. 
Well, here's another thing to consider. Uh You know, going back to our previous segment. Okay. You know, what if it really gets bad with North Korea and they do launch something? (laughs) Are you on the hook still for this? I think we'll have other worries. (laughs) You never know what the lawyers at the IOC. I mean, you better have a clause in there. What if there's an earthquake or a natural disaster? I'm serious. Or an unnatural disaster, as the case may be. You know? I mean, I mean, it's only fair to ask. You don't want to be trapped in a bad deal. <laughs> so there should be a nuclear war clause in there, you say? I think there should be something regarding a natural disaster. Oh, goodness. You know? Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, what if, we, what if you guys get the big one? Yeah, or the San Andreas fault gives way, sure. You know. There's always that. I mean, there's no fallout. There's no 10,000-degree uh, heat. If the if the uh, if the Earth moves, though, I mean, you, you, Earth moves, you rebuild. After uh, after you're nuked, you ain't rebuilding anything. <laughs> so not for a while, anyway. Right. Uh, okay. Question is this then, Senor Venom? Yeah. Um. You think that the average voter at this point thinks, I'm never going to get what I want. Even with with local politicians, you know, these people keep going after stuff that I absolutely don't care about. What do people in L.A. care about? They care about traffic. They care about sprawl. They care about the crappy schools. They care about the overcrowded hospitals. That's what people care about. They care about the fact that a report came out that says that in reality, the our county jail facilities are their anarchy. Okay. That's what people care about here. They don't care about, oh, it'd be wonderful if we had the Olympics. Nobody cares. See, when you were talking about, you know, talk to your city councilor, you know, write, write to the mayor, you know, protest, complain. I think that people in this in this city are just are wondering, when are these politicians going to do anything? Not something, but anything for me, you know, anything for mine. When are there going to be tangible improvements here, you know, as opposed to us, you know, having to fight them from doing stupid stuff? That's the well, question. Well, the Olympics, like a lot of your sporting events, mm-hmm. are really uh, your government working for the rich. Yeah. They're not working for you. No, that is true. And why is that, by the way? You know, because if they think, oh, well, I'm going to get the money or some kind of deal, which in reality, the only time these folks ever pay attention to you is when they need your vote. So really... That's your leverage. If you want the vote, you got to come out. You got to make an official plank out of platform that you will not support this. That there will be no Olympics in Los Angeles. Right, or you will not get the vote. Right. <sighs> it's unbelievable. You know, we have have to, it's like we have to ride to herd on them, you know? It's insane. It really is. I, I, I mean, this is not. This has been all over the news the last few days, by the way. And what is remarkable to me is nobody here really wants this. Nobody's excited about it. This isn't a priority, but for Garcetti, it's the end of the world, even though nobody is bidding on this thing. Well, somebody needs to remind him that if he wants to be mayor still, then he better change. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just ways. Johnny, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Southern California Live with Wendell. It's 8 o'clock. Stay tuned. Mo Kelly joins us. Southern California Live with Wendell at 8.05 here. As promised, our friend from the Mo Kelly Show, Mo Kelly himself. Sir, welcome back to The Patriot. Johnny Wendell, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, my friend. It is always a joy to speak with you, too, Mr. O'Kelly. Uh, Tawala is not joining us because you are by phone, and I neglected to call him. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I think he'll be... All right. As his, although this is total insider baseball and completely irrelevant, Tawala's phone call uh, to me today at home has triggered a chain of events, which caused me to be, what, 40 minutes late for your podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was It was, he called shortly or either at exactly the same time you did. And the phone went blank. It just like, and I and I blurted out something like, "I think they killed my phone." <laughs> and I thought, like, what did they do? They're conspiring to kill my phone. Those, those dastardly people, sir. Uh, what you talk about last night on Saturday night on KFI, which is where your show is located generally? We took the first hour, and I thought it was very important to very slowly lay out some of the history. Um, of the region in terms of Charlottesville, right. what led up to these various rallies. It wasn't just Friday night, Saturday. There were some things which precipitated that, such as the KKK rally in July. And right. there was some just there was a buildup to this event. It wasn't just that one thing, fighting over this Robert E. Lee, General Lee statue, right. which has been which is going to come down, and it had been decided, it was discussed and decided by the city council. Well, it was voted three to two by locals in Charlottesville, Virginia. Lee Park is going to be called Emancipation Park, and the statue is going to come down. That's what's called democracy. People said, we don't want the thing up anymore. It's got to come down. That's it. And I didn't have a problem with the First Amendment um, display of people marching, even if they happen to be racist. But I do yeah. have a problem with the tactics which are involved, which were intimidation tactics with the tiki torches, harkening back to uh, the Klan rise of the 19th century. And, and when they had the, the, the rally on Saturday afternoon, they show up with, with bats, clubs, shields, and helmets, and then open carry displays of AR-15s right. coming to start a fight. Right, and then, and then we saw that a fight was ignited. Uh, either there wasn't enough police presence, either the National Guard that were on the perimeter instead of being in between the two warring factions, or they weren't entirely prepared for it, despite the fact that they knew days ago that there were going to be about five or 6,000 people in their little town. You know? to, the, to the credit, and I put this in quotations, to the credit of the the uh, the the alt-right, the neo-Nazis, and, and the white nationalists, they actually did file a permit for this. So this they was did. a legitimate yep. event. It was. So the police should have known, to your point, that what it might have turned into right. and foreseen. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, 
the history or recent history of these kind of gatherings is that there's a lot of noise and then nothing happens. Okay, so the Charlottesville police may have said, oh, they're going to be two to 6,000 people. It's like you know, every, every time that one of these things happens, there are 80 people and 7,000 counter-protesters. So that's, right, right. But that's not what happened this time. This was a very well-organized event. And they were the uh, the neo-Nazis and the Klansmen were able to get their people there. This was not, you know, a, a bunch of stragglers looking silly. This was a seriously concerted effort. And the crux of the matter, of course, was when one of the uh, white nationalists decided to drive into a couple dozen people on Water Street in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, killing one girl and injuring 19. All right. Um, that replayed over and over and over and over and reminded most Americans, Mo, of Islamic terrorists in Europe who have used that tactic in London and in Paris recently. I mean, that's what I, that's the first thing I thought of is like, my God, they're just like the radical Islamic terrorists over there. Only uh, it's interesting that the very same people that were screaming at Barack Obama year in and year out, stay radical Islamic terrorists, say radical Islamic terrorists. When Trump couldn't call these people terrorists, they said nothing. And I would make this small distinction, this small distinction in terms of oratory, but it's a big distinction in, in terms of the participants. Barack Obama did not have any problem calling it terrorism and acknowledging the organizations which were involved. Right. And he denounced it and the tactics it employed. Right. We now have a president who won't do either. It would be one thing if he just didn't call it terrorism, but he won't even acknowledge that it was white nationalists and, and neo-Nazis who, who did the deed. No, and uh, many sides do it, is what he said in his in his presentation, and this was eaten up by, uh, by the Nazis and the Klansmen who said, we have an ally and a friend here. You know, he isn't just picking on us. That's a reasonable reasonable deduction. Response. Yes. Yeah, that's a, it's reasonably to, reasonable to deduce that. And what we are now seeing is, is that they didn't, I don't think that they understood the repercussions that were going to come from the institutional wing of the Republican Party. You had half a dozen U.S. senators seething over this response. You had Marco Rubio saying, they're Nazis, they're the Klan. What's the problem here? Why can't you say it? Cory Gardner from Colorado, same thing. Orrin Hatch, my brother was killed fighting these people. I can call them Nazis. Why can't you? Jeb Bush, same thing. It's just like, and now we're starting to hear that there is a great deal of pressure on Trump's White House to start to root out the elements of his staff that may have been responsible for his coddling these people. You've heard this, I would assume, right? I've heard that, and the fingers are pointing at Steve Bannon and Stephen Miller. But yep. we have to see how much political will there is within the White House to do something differently. If this president is more motivated by keeping his base, and the alt-right, quote-unquote, is very much a part of the base, right. then this president is going to be loath to do anything to piss them off. If he wasn't going to do it yesterday, he's not going to do anything to change going forward, as far as I'm Concern. However, you are talking about somebody who has spent a lifetime wriggling out of arrangements that were causing him trouble. Okay. He has mm -hmm. done this over and over and over again. 
Yesterday, it was revealed that the president believes that the source of leaks coming from his White House, Mo, is Steve Bannon. Now, that is highly unlikely. Okay, Bannon may be a lot of things. He's not a leaker. Okay, I am suspecting that the president may be setting him up because General Kelly has told him this guy is a cancer. Either you get him out of here or I've got to go. Okay, you can't play footsie with these people. They represent a tiny minority. We are not going to get anything done. Our administration is going to be crippled and inert unless you get rid of these ludicrous partisans. Okay, because they don't help us at all. So I'm thinking, Mo, that he fingers Bannon for the leaks, whether he's got any evidence or not, boots Bannon out. Miller sees the writing on the wall. Gorka sees the writing on the wall. I mean, they heard the same things we heard yet. You heard Richard Painter yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Bush's ethics attorney says you got to fire these three guys immediately. They're deaf. You know, as long as they're in the White House, you know, they're deaf. They make us look bad. You have to bring professional people in who can rein in the president or at least tell him, look, whether you like or dislike the idea of white nationalism, you know, and, you know, Trump does have a little history with this. You got to get it out of your White House because nobody will because you're because you're a cancer on Republicans who are running for reelection next year. You would think the president would just understand from an optic sense as a businessman that it's not good for business, and his business right now is running the country. It's not good for business when you have such individuals who who, who bring down nothing but negativity and, and, and hatred, which is a, a curious word to use in this regard, right. on you personally That's and right. the administration. It's counterintuitive. That's right. If you surround yourself with people that the general public approve of or like or don't believe that they're sneaky or don't believe that they're devious or don't believe that they're underhanded or aren't speaking in code that, that can be translated into dog whistling a distinct minority in this country, then you're crazy. OK, if you don't, if, for example, you saw yesterday in Charlottesville, Virginia, the crux of their ability to organize people, Mo, they drew 5,000 people. Right. Okay. Uh, how many women and men marched on the day of Trump's inauguration in all American cities in total? I can't remember the total, but I know it was more than a million across America. It's four million people. Four million. Okay. Now, I, you know, I, I did okay at math in school. My son's a math whiz. I'm not. But uh, I think that he would tell you that 4 million is a considerably larger number than 6,000. Okay. And if the best you can do over a hot button issue that has flourished all over the American South, if the best you can do is 6,000 people, you don't really have a whole hell of a lot of support. Mo, can you hang on through the break and we can talk about this in the next segment? Surely. Absolutely. And that's what we shall do. Maestro, could we possibly have a bit? You're waving at me and saying, oh, okay. Uh, he's saying he's not ready for us. <laughs> That's all right. I, I caught him unawares. Uh, oh, 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 the system is, has frozen up. Well, okay, so we'll, we'll keep going, Mo. So, so we'll do the, ah, oh, there it is. Okay, very good. We're Now we're on time again. Southern California Live with Wendell, 817. Stay tuned. <laughs> 
delicious. Tomorrow morning at 5 on the Patriot AM 1150. Yeah, Southern California Live with Wendell at 822 with our guest, Mo Kelly of the Mo Kelly Show on KFI generally. Uh, but he is with us right now for the next seven minutes and change because that's the kind of guy he is. Welcome back to the Patriot, Mo. Thank you, sir. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. I've got a question for you. There seems to be an enormous controversy brewing over the practice of what is known in Internet terminology as doxing. You know what doxing is, correct? Absolutely. Releasing personal information. Right. Uh, there has been a lot of doxing of the uh, white nationalist protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia, and the doxing has claimed its first victim, uh, somebody who works for uh, some place called Top Dog or the Dog House or something in, in Oakland, kid named Cole White, and uh, they, they fired him. Um, he was pictured with a tiki torch in his hand from Friday night, and apparently this uh, company up in in the Bay Area was inundated with angry tweets and emails and terminated uh, Mr. White. What is your feeling on this, Mo? I, I, people seem to forget that. They always want to say this is a free speech issue. It's not a free speech issue. Okay. You, if the police or the government aren't trying to take away your freedom because of your views. It's not a free speech issue. Right. If you are stupid enough to do something like this in public, you have right. to do that you may be photographed, and you're not free from persecution for your social views. Right. So if you do it in public and your, and your job finds out, say la vie. <laughs> I know that there are uh, at least three or four other people, from what I was told, that have been positively identified off of uh, these rallies. And you wonder, when you think about this sort of thing, why it is, I'm, I realize these are relatively young men, you know, and they don't have a lot of life experience, no matter what they'd like to think about themselves, but they don't seem to grasp that there are consequences for your actions, even when you don't believe that your actions are severe, other people do. They don't get that, now do they? No, they don't. But that's the irony of the fact that they were walking around without hoods right. and showing their identities. They thought that they were being brazen and sure of themselves, when in actuality they were just putting themselves in harm's way in a different way. Plus, one of the uh, doxed victims, who was apparently an Eastern European gentleman that goes to the University of Nevada at Reno, was not merely doxxed face-wise. He was wearing his company logo uh, on his pocket, so he didn't change his shirt. One thing about the uh, white nationalists is that they really favor the uh, nice white golf shirt and golf pants and red hat because they want to look like their hero, you know. The thing is, though, is that when you wear a company's logo on you and you are at a gathering of Klansmen and Nazis, it probably isn't going to fly very well with your European-based multinational conglomerate that you work for. You see, I don't know if you remember this or not, Mo, but the Nazis devastated continental Europe in the 1930s and the 1940s. So even though that was a long time ago, uh, people do recall that this was not a 
culture enhancing experience if you catch my drift uh, right. and so they might take this in a negative light and send you on your way now how is it that this probably did not occur to the young man that was wearing this corporate logo over his left nipple why well well i i would attribute it to one just being young and dumb and when we're in our early 20s we are all prone to do things without thinking them all the way through that's true a lot of people grow up thinking that well i'm not at my job so what i do in my private time is my business no not really and, and people don't understand when you work for a company and yep. you do something which brings infamy on that company that's firing they can fire you for just cause that's yep. a fireable offense that's right it's actionable mm-hmm uh, also, um, the fact is, is that it isn't like it was when you and I were young and working and could socialize freely outside of work hours without being, say, oh, I don't know, photographed. Right. <laughs> right. You see, as you and I are well aware of, and I'm sure the young man who's about to lose his job in Nevada is aware of is that pretty much everybody in the United States of America now of a certain age has a camera in their hand in the form of an iPhone. Okay, so if you are marching with people who are carrying swastikas, who are chanting racial epithets aimed at African-American folks and Jewish folks and Latinos and Muslims, and you are chanting along with them and you are videotaped or photographed and this... And you are identified as somebody who works here and lives here and does this or that. You are placing yourself in a precarious position that, Mo, you and I, this was not an issue for us when we were younger. We, It's true. We could get away with a lot more. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad that my college years in my 20s, I mean, predates the invention of the camera phone. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I might have suffered from the same fate because I'm not going to say that I was above making bad decisions as, yes. a, as a 20-something, Me too. a year old person. Yep. But at the same time, these young people have grown up with this technology. They That's should right. know better. Yeah, no, they're aware of it. And I think that a lot of this has to do with this peculiar projection. They believe if Trump can say it and Trump can get away with it, so can I. Okay, if the president of the United States... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It co-signs this, therefore it's okay. Uh, I hate to tell them this, but as a corporate person, Donald Trump would be the first one to say, hey, do not wear your logo to an event that could cause you trouble if you're photographed, kid. You do not have my sympathy. He's not going to do that. But I'm sure that if you caught him and said, do you think that this is a particularly good idea that the, these people did this? He'd go, no, it was a terrible idea. You know, you work for somebody, you don't bring disgrace to the company. True? True, but, you know, sometimes wisdom can be very expensive. <laughs> uh, extraordinarily so. Mo, a pleasure to have you. Mo, uh, where can people hear the podcast that you and I did today? 
You can find it. I'm just going to send them right to my webcast, a, web, a website at mrmokelly.com. That's M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y.com. It's explicit, it is raw, and it's very honest. That's right. We did not pull no punches on this one. Thanks, Mo. See you soon. Southern California Live with Wendell. It is 8.30. Stay tuned, please. Southern California Live with Wendell. I know he's going to put a three-part harmony on something eventually. Woohoo! Uh, it is 8.37 on The Patriot with Senor Wendell, your friend. Thanks to Johnny Venom. Thanks to Mo Kelly. Thanks to Miguel. Thanks to Phil. We have had a first-rate good old time tonight, haven't we? I believe we have. Anyway... Uh, a couple of things I want to touch on in the next 10, 15 minutes, if you don't mind. Tuesday, school starts up again in the LAUSD. And, uh, you know, my boys are going back to school. Got a 10th grader and a 7th grader. And it is a strange thing to look at them in, in my house and realize that they are close to being men now. You know, because I can remember pulling them out of my wife (laughs) and cutting their cords and drying their tears and changing their diapers and feeding them and staying up all night with them and answering their queries. And now they're on the cusp of becoming adults in a world that is getting stranger and stranger by the day. And uh, the older child, he's meh. I don't think he he liked the school that he chose for 10th grade, although probably because 9th grade was pretty poor for him. But 10th grade may be all right. He may bust out of his shell a little bit. Uh, My 7th grade son is on the fence. He's not entirely sure, but he is a much mellower personality than his older brother. So, And they know I got their backs. And uh, we'll we'll play this as, as it goes along. It is a strange thing to be a parent because not only is there no manual for it, there's no preparation for it. There is no nothing that is like it. You know, it's. I think the only thing I could liken it to is is when you reach puberty. You know, it's like, what is this? <laughs> you know, everything's changed all of a sudden, and you become a parent. It's the same. Everything's changed. I I, I was something yesterday. I'm different today, and. You know, I, I'm accepting the challenge. I'm excited about the new year. We'll see what it brings. Who knows? We may have to change schools for them. Anything is possible. But the other thing that I wanted to bring up, because I, I know that you may be packing your kids or, you know, or buying clothes for your grandchildren uh, this weekend, getting them new shoes, whatever you had to do. Um This issue about what's going on in in Charlottesville, Virginia, wherever you are on the political spectrum, there has to be a point in America where we decide that a few things simply cannot be. They cannot exist. They're not part of the fabric of our life or lives. And while it is true that the First Amendment guarantees people the right to freely assemble, uh, 
and to speak their peace. It doesn't give you the right to do things that tear communities to pieces. It does give you the right, I suppose, to not have a reaction. And I guess that is on those communities. But that being said, in the events of Virginia, we saw that you had groups almost entirely of young men gathering and assembling to protest an event that had absolutely nothing to do with them whatsoever. It was pure symbolism. Whether or not there should be a statue of General Robert E. Lee in a park in Charlottesville, Virginia, is of no concern to a kid in Berkeley, California, or in Southboro, Massachusetts, or Reno, Nevada. It's a local issue. It is not a slap in the face to white heritage, no matter what you see on the Internet. It is a decision by a locality to take matters into its own hands in a democracy and remove something that its voters no longer want on city property. That's it. That's where it begins. That's where it ends. And the idea of turning this into a race-based war or the idea that there actually is such a thing as white heritage. There is no, there's no such thing as white heritage. White people come from dozens of different nations in Europe, for the most part. Polish Americans, Italian Americans, Greek Americans, Armenian, French Americans, those whose families came from the British Isle, those whose families came from Germany, those whose families came from Ireland, or Holland, or Belgium, or Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Spain, Portugal, or Italy. It, it doesn't make any difference. Switzerland, it, it doesn't matter. Okay, or Eastern Europe, which is where my grandparents came from. There's no such thing as white culture. We know where we came from. You know, there is no such thing as a consensus among all children of Europeans that we're all on the same page. We are vastly different in our backgrounds. I am sitting directly across from my board operator and engineer. His parents were Italian-Americans. He's an Italian-American. I'm a Polish-Jewish-American. All right? Poland and Italy aren't but, what, 600, 700 miles away from each other in Europe. But they may as well be on different planets in a lot of ways because they're so culturally different. Therefore, the idea of a so-called white cultural identity is ridiculous. You wouldn't stand for it if somebody lumped you in with people you had nothing in common with. Well, why are people embracing something that lumps them in with people that they have nothing in common with, uh, common, well, common, wealth, common with? <laughs> Got tongue-tied on that one. Other than a lack of pigmentation in your skin. That's it. This is silliness. This is ridiculousness. And it is appalling to me that we have a chief executive of the United States unable to call this out for what it is. Yesterday's little press conference that he had, which he almost turned into a campaign rally and then realized he shouldn't do this and got back on topic, where the idea was that there were many different people responsible for this. 
That's not true. That's not true. We in America, our parents and our grandparents fought like hell in the, in the 1940s to rid the world of Nazism. It has no place in the United States, period. The swastika has no place. Maybe as, as, as some form of outrage every so often to wind people up. But even at that, the swastika has no place. Racial epithets have no place in America. And they were belted out loudly and proudly Friday and Saturday in Charlottesville. And I find that the people who make this weird equivalency argument when they say, well, what about Black Lives Matter? What about Antifa? What about these leftist organizations that all, if they hadn't shown up, nothing would have happened. The fascists would have gone home. Everything would have been fine. That's not how things work in America. When we are confronted with something that is ugly, we get right up in its grill. We confront it. We don't let it pass. We were not about to let ourselves be taxed without representation in the 1770s. We had enough. We booted the monarchy out of, our, out of the colonies. We became a nation. We decided a bit later that the idea of buying and selling human beings was repugnant enough to go to war and that the Union had to stay intact. And 600,000 to 750,000 dead Americans later, we became a nation again. And then we dealt with Nazis. And we dealt with rioting in the 60s. And we have dealt with a horrific depression during my grandparents' time and a horrific recession in our time nine years ago. But we're Americans, and what Americans do is that we don't sit back and let other people help us out of our jams. We know that our problems exist. We deal with them. And I have news for you. The existence of a vibrant national socialist movement in America is a serious problem. The reemergence of a Ku Klux Klan or sympathizers to that philosophy is a serious problem, especially in a nation that is becoming much more of a polyglot. And I understand that that is the reason, that is the impetus and the spur for these groups, the groups that, that met in Charlottesville, Virginia. They know what the world was like for their grandparents. They knew that mostly you worked the same job your whole life. You lived in neighborhoods filled with people that looked like you. Uh, unless you were an immigrant off the boat, you spoke English. Okay? And now what they see is a world that is nothing like this, and they're not happy about it, and they are acting accordingly. Okay? So, that being said, I have news for them. And for everybody, it isn't that change is necessarily a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing either. But you know what change is, Miguel? You know what change is, Phil? It's inevitable. It will happen whether you decide to stand in its way or you decide to accept how things are and evolve with them. If you deliberately take dated or useless ideologies, and you embrace them 
because you're too terrified to move forward and you want to sit in the warm cocoon or bosom of discredited ideologies from the past, then you're wasting your time because time moves forward. Science progresses. Technology progresses. Knowledge progresses. Understanding of each other progresses. Things only go forward. When you attempt to move them backwards, you are doing something that is profoundly unnatural. And as we know, it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. And it is not nice to fool with the natural order of things. Problems become resolved. People manage to get it together one way or another. They do. And if you decide, I can't live with that, I don't like the way things are, I want to go back to a different time, I want to go back to a time where people who looked like me and sounded like me and spoke like me and ate my food and lived in my neighborhood, we are all on the same page 100% of the time, that's comforting, that's what I want, I have news for you, that's not going to happen again. Those days have passed, and either you accept it or you're going to be freaking miserable. And there is no way around that. So the idea that you would embrace this kind of craziness that we saw in Virginia, it isn't going to restore the magic of a bygone era. It's only going to make you that much further left behind as time marches forward. Southern California Live with Wendell. It is 8.50. We'll be back shortly. Yeah. Oh, it sure is. At 8.56 on the Patriot, this is the big kiss off. Thanks to everybody. Uh, Good time. Let's hope we have a more peaceful weekend in the world next week and we can get back to talking nuts and bolts and dollars and cents and not Nazis and Klansmen. Uh, I was asked an interesting question by my producer during the break. He's a fairly naive fellow, and he wanted to know how somebody earned a certain designation. So he asked, is uh, the host of the show and, you know, uh, rock musician of 40 plus years, me, uh, how this thing works? Go ahead, Miguel. What is it you wanted to know exactly? How do you, how do you identify a, a groupie? How do you know? How do you know the difference between a groupie and uh, and a what? Mm, like a normal, like a I guess you can say a fan or you know, um, someone normal. <laughs> uh, okay, I would say that it, it, I never really liked the the term groupie that much. I I very much liked the women that were termed groupies. I I didn't like the the idea that that's what they were called. It seemed mm-hmm. kind of denigrating in a way. Uh, I always thought of them as friends, you know, as peers. They like the same thing. I things I like. They like rock and roll music, and they like sex, which I I like sex, and I like rock and roll music. So we had that in common. I think that with the what the designation between a, a groupie, say, and other women, would be that groupies place. A certain amount of value on the hierarchy and pecking order of musicians, you know that uh, that they're it's a talisman in a way to be able to score the affection. Uh, 
of musicians that are higher up on the food chain than those of us that are you know struggling in bars. But they did like very much musicians that played in bars because groupies like musicians, okay. you know. And, and I mean, groupies like politicians too. You had Monica Lewinsky was the classic groupie. Uh, you have <laughs> uh, groupies for stage actors. Uh, you have groupies for film stars. Um, you have groupies for television stars. You have groupies for uh, athletes. You know, we're watching uh, ESPN out of the side of my eye here, and I guess Bryce Harper is, is talking, the outfielder from Washington. He's got groupies, you know, because he's rich and famous, you know, and uh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, it has a lot to do with it. But on the other hand, one great thing about being a rock and roll musician when you don't have anything else is that you do have them. You know, they, the, the women that I treasure from my 20s when I was most successful in music um, were, I, I believe, they, they had a certain level of, of kindness and, and warmth to them. They weren't judging you by the size of your wallet. Uh, they just, they liked people that carried themselves a certain way, which I did, and had the interests that I had, you know. So I think being a groupie, it's, it's, a, neg it's a neutral term. It's neither good or bad. It just describes someone's tastes and things. Is that okay? Yeah, that's Very good. good. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.